So the election is over. We elected Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, to be our next president and vice president. That's not exactly a good thing. Uh, as people in the working class, we needed a champion to be the most powerful person in our country, the most influential person, one of the most influential people in the entire world. We needed someone we could be proud of. We could show other countries like, hey, look, guys, we're going to catch up. We've got someone, say, like a Bernie Sanders type of president. Uh, and you can't laugh at us anymore. We're pulling out of all of these wars. We're going to have an actual safety net, including Medicare for all. We're going to have an actual climate action plan that is aggressive enough. Uh, I just read today uh, that we have set in motion 500 years of self-sustained Arctic ice and permafrost melting. That's a big, big deal. Ice is going to be... Even, even if we cut out all emissions today, today, zero emissions, which is not going to happen for at least another 10 years, maybe 20 or 30 so we have a really long runway that we've set for ourselves. We're about 40 years too late. Uh, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go ahead and add some more time onto that 500 years because we're not going to get to zero emissions for a long time. If we continue to show up to the polls for people who offer us nothing, that's Joe Biden, that's Kamala Harris, that's your Pete Buttigieg type candidates, people who say flowery, flowery shit and, and offer you no actual policies, if we continue to do that, to fold under pressure, then look, I mean, as, as simply as I can, as I can be, uh, as friendly as I can be, we're going to die. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say here. Like, we're, we're looking at uh, a mass extinction that we've started. Uh, how long until we're the species going extinct? I mean, not... Not very on the on the the life, on on the the scale of the Earth's life. Thus far, uh, we are just a blink of the eye. We've only been here for, uh, you know, for a minute, comparatively, you know, to the to the billions of years the Earth has been here. Uh, so, you know, five hundred years. I I don't I I don't. At the rate we're going right now, I can't see what humanity looks like in 500 years. I mean, I just, I don't see how we survive that long continuing like we are right now. I see, first of all, our civilization based on capitalism is a house of cards. Uh, and we keep, we keep feeling it with people like Joe Biden. And, you know, I talked to a guy on, on Facebook today who said... I'm a progressive and I voted for Joe Biden. Thanks, Bernie, for convincing me to do it. All this kind of shit. Okay, you're not a progressive if you voted for Joe Biden, my friend. You're not. You have enabled a system now that's going to stab you in the back by giving you nothing as a working class person. Nothing you need. You elected, you helped elect someone 
who is now going to uh, do the bidding of the oligarchs, like every president before him in modern history has done. So thanks a lot. Uh, you fucked us. So we've got another drop-in-the-bucket kind of um, bit of false hope that's being pushed now. You know, it's 2020, and already we're we're getting ready for 2022. <laughs> People are gearing up for it. The Democrats are trying to gear up for it because this is what they're going to do in 2022. They're going to fork out this big unity mess message, just like they just did. They were saying, we all need to fall behind Joe Biden and uh, just get Donald Trump out of office. He's this common evil. Okay, well, the next thing's going to be we're at re- we need to take the Senate. That's going to be the next thing. So they're going to say, well, we got to do that. And then uh, we're at risk of losing the House. We're going to we're going to have these kinds of narratives. They're going to say, you know, something really bad's going to happen if we lose this, if we lose that seat, if we lose that seat, if we don't gain this seat, then these policies can't happen. And the, the policy they're going to quote is going to be some half-assed bullshit, or they're not going to quote a policy at all, and they'll just say, uh, nothing's going to get done for the American working people. We can't continue to say flowery words anymore. God damn it. Uh, so Charles Booker got on Twitter today and said 2022 will be a big year. He's quoting a story that says Stacey Abrams intends to run for governor in 2022, which would be in Georgia. Um that that I guess flips Georgia blue at the state level I guess it does uh, Stacey Abrams doesn't have the best record she's a little bit cozy up to uh, to Bloomberg to Mike Bloomberg who is an oligarch uh, so not great not great I don't think that we should be saying 2022 will be a big year because of Stacey Abrams we should be saying 2022 it's going to be a big year because the People's Party plans to be on the ballot. That's huge. That'll be the first time that this brand new party is on the ballot. If you don't know, the People's Party is backed by people like Cornell West and Jimmy Dore and Ron Placone and uh, other really big name people and a ton of smaller name people who are successful organizers at all levels. I'm talking... Uh, you know, former Bernie people are in this group. Uh, we've got people from environmentalist groups. Uh, all of them are are successful and know how to organize and know how to get a message out. And they have what it's what it takes to defeat this duopoly. Uh, the Green Party stalled a long time ago. They they got some traction with Jill Stein, and then Jill Stein got Russia gated and all that shit. Um, and so I say this is a real alternative to the Democrats. We just can't continue in this trajectory. It's not, it's not possible. If we continue to fold behind right-wing Democrats like Joe Manchin and Joe Biden, then we're not going to get anything. I'm, I'm 24, okay? I don't want to be one of the people I see on Twitter now that's 50 or 60 or about to die and they're 70 and 80 and they're saying, damn, we've been doing the same shit my entire life. I really don't want to have that kind of hindsight. So I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to get involved after I move to Georgia, which is coming up in just a, a few more months. I'm moving to the Savannah, Georgia area. And I'm going to start I'm going to start working on this. Um, I'm going to first offer... Uh, technical services, technology services, because that's what I know how to do. 
I'm hoping I can help somehow with cloud technology to help, you know, organize that back inside of the People's Party. After that, I think, I mean, anyone who supports the the People's Party should be a good enough candidate to run for office. I'm considering doing that myself. I don't I don't know if I'm going to for sure because running for office is a big, big, big deal. And I have to maintain a day job. Even doing a podcast on the side, trying to like I haven't posted in, in two weeks or something, like because there was the election which was crazy and I've got all this work shit going on. You know, a normal person has a hard time getting out and knocking on people's doors. I have just mad respect for people like AOC who were genuine working class people and found the time to start a campaign and had a powerful enough voice and message that it worked. She was able to, you know, to leave that job and she's now in Congress where she does a, you know, a a good job overall. And then there's, you know, sometimes where like she voted for the CARES Act and, um, but she calls out people like Joe Manchin you know, anyways, this Democratic Party takeover shtick with people like AOC and um, and Jamal Bowman. I think I think that's the correct last name, Jamal Bowman. Uh, even if we ha- now this for sure in key races, I'm all for it. If you're a, progr- a drill progressive running against someone like Mitch McConnell, then by all means, like a Charles Booker, we need to win those races and get people like Mitch out of the fucking out of the way. We got to do that. But as a long-term solution, it just it feels like it's going to take a century for us to take over the, the Democratic Party. So I'm, I'm abandoning that idea. Um, I will simultaneously prop up any progressive who's running for a, uh, a Democrat's seat, like Nancy Pelosi. Shahid Buttar was running against her, and I am completely okay with getting her out of Congress as well. Uh, she's a really shitty speaker. She does nothing. She passes all of Trump's agenda. Uh, I just, I, I'm ready for her to be gone. So in races like that, I'm, I'm going to continue to advocate for those people. I advocated for Marquita Bradshaw. I got people to vote for her. She's still lost because this is Tennessee and, you know, fucking yeehaw or whatever the hell we do here. Uh, we live in the 1950s in Tennessee and most of the South. Georgia apparently has become a swing state now, and that's kind of exciting. I I felt like I was going to be moving to a place that was more conservative, but I guess I'm actually moving away from that kind of culture. Uh, so that's nicer. I feel like I'm going to fit in a little bit better, but I also feel like it's going to be a lot of fucking your typical liberals, you know, liberal Democrat people. I've got some people in my extended family who are like that, and ew, ooh, God, oh, it bothers me real bad. It bothers me real bad. Um, and my own parents are like that. Uh, they'll go vote for these establishment Democrats all day long. They don't care. I told them, you know, you know, vote third party, help us out. And at an individual level, every person I tell to vote third party, like People's Party, hopefully, and Green Party this time, they all say the same thing. Well, that's just not realistic. They can't win. They're powerless. It's do you know why they're powerless? It's because each individual at their own level says that they're powerless. It's because you didn't go vote for them. It's your fault. You don't get to to stand on the sideline and wait for other people to go act. You have to be the one to go act. 
You have to be the one. You're powerful in that way. You are able to go push the needle back to the left a little bit by voting for a third party over this duopoly that gives us Dickie McDick. So staying somewhat on this People's Party shtick, I want to move to a different policy area. We just got off of Veterans Day, and uh, my father is a veteran. He he spent a lot of time trying to get his benefits, and it was it was not great. Uh, my father lives in poverty. He's a veteran who has not been well taken care of by the government, and I know a lot of these types of people. I used to work at Walmart. And I met a lot of them on that job. I would do, you know, I was carrying out their groceries for them and stuff. And uh, they were, they were almost all poor, unless they were like one of these, you know, twenty years, thirty year men who went to West Point and were coming out, you know, uh, great salary for the rest of their lives. Like my grandfather, one of my grandfathers was was one of those guys. He was able to transfer his uh, military experience he fought in Vietnam uh, he was both in the Marine Corps as well as the Navy and he transferred all that over to law enforcement after he uh, got out those guys usually are pretty well taken care of he had retirement money from the military and from law enforcement but for the most part the veterans I've encountered in, in my personal life and what I see on the internet at least are people who struggle and so Public Citizen posted this on Twitter. They say, 37,000 vets experience homelessness on a given night. 37,000 veterans. That's a lot. With just a fraction of the Pentagon's massive budget of $740 billion, we could house every veteran on the streets. That is very, very sad. Uh, this is why I'm against things like army recruiting. I talked about it on this show how uh, any military recruiting is what I should say. I talked about it on this on this podcast uh, an episode or two back about how they come into high schools and it's still fresh on my mind. I haven't been out of high school for that long. It's still fresh on my mind about how they did it. You know, when the Marines came in and they did a pull-up contest for a week. And you got some, you know, a backpack or some shit like that if you won the pull-up contest. And uh, they got your information, of course. And then they're going to harass you saying, hey, you know, you should really join the service. You should. You'd be a great Marine. Um, for many reasons, this is a, a bad idea. Uh, one is that your government doesn't give two shits in a pickle about you. Okay. You, you can be a patriot and not have to serve in the military. Okay. Being a patriot is fighting for the common man. That's patriotic. If you love your country, then you should want to improve it, not be a foot soldier in wars on brown and poor people. That's not a good way to be a patriot. If you're trying to escape poverty, then you need to be fighting, along with me and a lot of other people who are working class, for a free four-year university. Your best path out of poverty is to be able to go to school and not exit with a bunch of debt. So we need to all be on board with that. Not with recruiting kids who are poor out of high school. It happened to me. I got sent all kinds of shit. Every every young boy gets this stuff. I got a lot more because I was kind of interested in it. 
I'm glad I didn't go. Uh, my life, my life, well, my life could be over. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I have that going for me. Um, and, and I graduated high school during Obama's presidency and I knew that we were in a lot of wars and that people were dying every day and I didn't want to want to be, I didn't want to be dead. And I didn't want to be responsible for, uh, innocent people being dead. Uh, the more I thought about having no control over what I do, it seemed like a bad idea. Just just having to take orders and do whatever someone else said sounded like a really bad idea. Uh, I, I would have had objections and I probably would have been uh, shot or court-martialed or something like that. Uh, or I would just go ahead and do something terrible or die because someone told me to die. Anyways, those are like the, like the core fundamentals of being in the service that you have to accept. You're going to take orders, you might die, all that shit's real, and your pay sucks for the risk that you're putting up, your pay fucking sucks. Um, I had Air Force contact me, Army contact me, and uh, they knew that the pay was shit, so they would say they would tell you, tell you the pay. They're like, okay, you know, you get paid a little bit, it's not that much, but you get paid a little bit. Uh, as you rank up, you get more pay. As you've been in the service longer, you get more pay. If you have a, a specialization, if you're doing IT or something like that, you get different pay. Do not join the service and expect for the government to take care of you. Just don't do that. If you're going to join up, understand what you're doing with your life. You're putting your life on the line for oligarchs, for the military-industrial complex. That's who you're fighting for. A bunch of white dudes in suits in Washington, D.C. who said, you know what, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's let's send our poor kids off to war. Sounds great. Don't become homeless. Don't be a homeless veteran. Don't be uh, someone with PTSD who can't get the proper care. And don't be one of our veterans who uh, commit suicide because it, it's just too much. Okay. Don't put yourself in that position. If you can help it, don't put yourself in that position to be at risk for those things because they're really fucking terrible. They're really terrible. All right, I've seen the eyes of PTSD, and it, it, it's really harmful. It's hard to see someone struggle with PTSD. It's hard to look at someone and know that they saw their friends die right in front of them. They Maybe they saw kids die right in front of them it's rough it's rough I, I can't imagine being one of these people one of our veterans who was sent off to some bullshit war like Vietnam we have a whole generation of people alive today they're old now but they're alive today who went over to Vietnam drafted or voluntarily uh, and they they fought excellent guerrilla warfare uh veterans in Vietnam, people who knew how to kick out the United States of America, clearly for them to be a poor country and fight off the um, the United States, they were very skilled. They had, ex anyways, I don't want to talk too great about uh, the Vietnamese because they were harming their own people the entire time. Uh, but we were also doing that as my point. We were not there to help them. We were there to quote, slow the spread of communism, oh no, not that damn communist shit uh, it was it was not going to be um, communist Vietnam was never going to be communist 
<laughs> Russia was never communist. Th this stuff didn't happen. This is all capitalist propaganda. Anyways, though, uh, don't be one of those people who comes home from some damn war. You've lost friends. Maybe you lost your legs. You have PTSD. Your life has changed forever. Start fighting with people like me and Bernie Sanders and all the actual progressives out here who care about you. If you're a young person exiting exiting high school and you're worried about student debt and you you are entering a confusing world. You know, we've just elected a new president. There's a fucking pandemic. If you're just now coming into the world like my little sister is she's 17. If you're just now coming into this world, understand that there are other options to escape poverty than joining the military. I did it. I dropped my military idea and I'm like, you know what? I need to find a different route. So in my state of Tennessee, there was a state grant and then I also got the federal Pell Grant to go to a tech school. I went for IT. I honestly didn't learn that much, but it got me a job. Having that credential and I did learn the basics, the basic things I needed to know to get a job and to be able to function somewhat, you know. And I learned the rest of it on the job and uh, understand that a lot of us do that um, on a lot of different jobs. You kind of have to, if it's a hands-on job like IT or HVAC or something like that, uh, you do have to do it with your hands for a while on the job to get good at it. So don't don't fret on that. Community college is free in some places. Consider doing that. At least do your first two years of college at a community college. Your basic, you know, your uh, calculus and your English, chemistry, all these, uh, uh, what do you call them? I guess they're just like your normal academic classes. Basically, it's like the extension of high school. Okay. Do that stuff for free if you can, if your state offers a program for free college, for free uh, uh, community college. Do that, and then transfer out and go somewhere else for your next two years. That's my suggestion to you. If you're a, a young person coming into the world today, don't become a veteran, because our country doesn't give a fuck about veterans. We have 37,000 veterans homeless at any given time. That's ridiculous. With a huge defense budget, we could just, you know, take a small portion of that. We increase it by a billion dollars. We increased it by a billion dollars. Uh, I'm sorry, a billion, a hundred billion. I'm saying the wrong number. A hundred billion dollars. Fucking crazy. So we have money to go make more bombs for the military industrial complex and all this shit, but we can't house veterans um, who were tricked by recruiters. Or tricked by this American patriotism, which is all bullshit. You know, if you want people to salute you or uh, you want people to say thank you for your service and people to thank you on Veterans Day and at football games and all that shit, okay, do something else. Do something else. Don't become a veteran. Please don't become a veteran. I want to talk a little bit about identity politics because now the vice president is going to be Kamala Harris. Okay. So she's a woman and I'm seeing a lot of women, at least in my, in my social circle here, get really excited about that. And I hate it for them. I hate it so bad for them 
that California's top cop <laughs> is the first woman we're going to have in the White House. That that sucks so bad because it could have been someone great. It could have been someone like Nina Turner who's going to actually help people. Kamala Harris will stain that uh, that achievement by being a neoliberal, by governing alongside Joe Biden as a neoliberal. He's the boss. She said in a, in a damn interview, she said it. She said, I'm going to do whatever Joe Biden wants me to do, basically, is what she's saying. She knows that I'm going to give... Joe Biden knows this was part of our deal. That's what she said. This is, this was part of our deal. I'm going to give him my stance, my opinion on you know, any given issue. But uh, at, the end of, at the end of the day, if I weren't okay with what he plans to do, then I wouldn't be on this ticket. That's what she said. That's what she said. And then she, she does her shit where she does this fake laughing in the camera. She did that on one of these shows. Um, she's asked a really like fucking just low uh, center plate softball uh, question. Stuff, stuff like, do you support Medicare for all? Like really easy questions. You know, you used to support it. Well, why, why are you on the ticket with someone who doesn't support it? Do you support it now? She's like, ha ha. She just starts laughing. It's it's so cringy. It's more cringy than, than me trying to sound like her laughing uh, is, is really bad. Okay, I found a compilation I'm going to I'm going to play that shows a a couple of examples of Kamala doing this laughing thing when she's asked like really they they call it hard questions that's <laughs> difficult these are easy they're not difficult questions these are easy questions for someone who's honest but listen in considered the most liberal United States senator I, I somebody said that and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage but yeah. Well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. Let's talk about Maggie. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. Trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> It'd be important if you said the truth. Joe Biden said twice in the debate last week. That you landed haymakers on Joe Biden. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent? It was a debate. <laughs> Ron Gold has said that he is for the legalization of marijuana recreationally. Your thoughts on that? That he's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> so if it was legalized all throughout the country and <laughs> yeah. medicinal, would you, you know, do it? Listen, again? I think that it gives a lot of people joy and we need more <laughs> joy. <laughs> Does that sound like someone who's honest, who's going to give us what we want, what we need in the working class? No, she's a blank check. You know, a, a tiny bit of pressure is applied to her, and she's like, oh, ha, 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 you know. <laughs> Here, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. These kinds of, like, obvious sidestepping and being nervous, her way of shaking off this nervousness that she has is is laughing because people know that she's full of shit, that she doesn't support Medicare for all or Green New Deal. She she just she's she's trying to show you that she's a blank check, that you're not going to get anything. Uh, the corporations are going to get anything they want. That's what we're looking at right now. So I hate that she was the one to get in. That really sucks. Uh, we know that she jailed parents for uh, their kids' truancy. Even Michael Moore cashed in on this identity politics thing where uh, somebody posted some shit that was, you know, it's Kamala. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. I'm sure people have seen it by now. 
but it's Kamala walking next to a wall and she's like in her suit and she's got like a little, you know, a little suitcase or something with her. And the shadow on the wall is uh, a little girl. And I, <laughs> I guess it's supposed to symbolize that uh, uh, a small um, person of color, you know, a, a young person of color grew up to be this great yeah kamala harris this great you know vice president soon to be um it's fun to to latch onto these emotional things because it makes us feel good but we have to recognize that kamala harris um is kind of a monster she's not a good person you know she she chose to do the things that she's done okay she's choosing now to laugh when people ask her questions that that we need answers to she just starts laughing. That's extremely disingenuous to not answer the, the damn question. Like, just be honest about who you are, about what policies you actually advocate for. Is, or do you have any core principles? Answer those kinds of questions. And I, I fucking hate that no one in any of these interviews pressed any harder than they needed to. Once, once the laughing starts, they're pretty much like, okay, I get it. You're not going to answer it. I would back them in a corner and I would, I would say, we're not going to commercial. We're not doing shit until you answer this question directly. And then ask the question, do you, why, don't, why don't you support Medicare for All anymore, Kamala? What happened? You've got to force, like, just, why can't you just be honest? Just say, I supported it then because it was popular then, and I was just trying to stay on the progressive side of the stage. Because I was trying to beat Joe Biden, and I knew that Joe Biden was against this stuff, so I was for it. Just be honest about that. Say, now that I've been offered something, uh, vice president, I'm going to fold and do whatever it takes to just be vice president. Uh, you know, be honest that you're a crook. Say it. Say, I'm a, I'm a crook. I'm a fucking crook. People flock to people, you know, you're Joe Biden, and you're Pete Buttigieg, and you know, Beto O'Rourke, whatever, pick any Democrat, any mainstream Democrat you can think of who's not an actual progressive, including Elizabeth Warren. People will flock to them just to not be on the side of the Republicans because the Republicans are so far right now, it's embarrassing to them to be part of that club. So they think that the default then, if they're not part of, a part of the Republicans, the default is that they must be Democrats. In, in half of the conversations I would say I have with people, they automatically think that if, if I start talking bad about Joe Biden, oh, so did you vote for Trump? You must have voted for Trump. That's what they default to. If I don't like Joe Biden, then I must be a Trump supporter. Um, we got to get past that. The actual Trump supporters uh, don't think that Donald Trump lost the election. They genuinely think that Donald Trump is pulling strings right now and is going to uh, flip the uh, the outcome, and and they I think they really do think that Donald Trump is gonna be president for four more years, which is like it's this level of delusion that I've never seen before. I mean, they they're a genuine they're a genuine cult, um, but they're also uh, a minority. So I, it looks like. It's 40% of Republicans say that Joe Biden did not win the election. That's coming from Kyle Kalinske. I don't know where he's getting it from, um, 
But if that's true, 40% of the Republicans, that's a, a, a pretty small minority that we don't have to worry too much about. I don't agree with the people who fear-mongered and are still fear-mongering about these Trump cultist-type people about, you know, either a coup, a genuine coup. I don't think, no, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't have a capable fascist in the White House right now. You don't. You have a neo-fascist. Okay, he was a response to neoliberalism. He is a neo-fascist. He's not capable, okay? I don't think he's going to do a coup. I don't think his supporters are... Anything more than people who just want to talk shit online <laughs> and say, I ain't no fucking liberal because they think it's manly to, to be Republican or something. The people at church are all Republican, so I have to be that too. Uh, the, I, I, don't, I don't see this tiny little minority as being genuinely dangerous. They haven't showed me anything that, that proves that they're genuinely going to like take to the streets and cause a bunch of mayhem uh, or hurt anybody. I think they're going to probably just sit around and bitch on the, on the internet for four years. Uh, Trumpism's not going away. And if you think it is, you're, you're fucking crazy. Dismiss them at your own peril. Because they will prop up, this t- same little cult will prop up either Donald Trump again. I don't know. He's going to be really old. like really. He's already old, but he's going to be really, really old in four more years, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't even see Joe Biden... Uh, finishing out his term he's just like they're fucking old they're they're skeletons just about uh, I wouldn't want to be that old and doing a stressful job like that I'd be like I'm ready to go do something else I'm gonna go fucking sit on the beach you know I'm Donald Trump I'm gonna go sit my ass on the fucking beach in France or something and just chill uh, until I croak that's where I would want to be I just wanted to touch briefly on that because I see people freaking the fuck out on Facebook and Twitter about you know, what are these people going to do? Probably nothing. Uh, I just found a clip. This is from MSNBC from one of the one of the Democratic debates. Uh, I'm not going to play the, the Tulsi part. The, there was a question pitched to Tulsi, and basically Tulsi says, look, I'm running because I want to put the power back in the hands of the people, not these uh, neoliberals. That, that's what she's really trying to say. And then... Here is our VP elect. This is what she says. This is it's discouraging. This is her response to someone who says, "I want to put the power back in the hands of the people." Kamala Harris says the following: "Is attempting to be the Democratic nominee for president of the United States, who during the Obama administration spent four years full time on Fox News criticizing President Obama, That's who has spent full time, who has spent full time." criticizing people on this stage as affiliated with the Democratic Party. When Donald Trump was elected, not even sworn in, buddied up to Steve Bannon to get a meeting with Donald Trump in the Trump Tower, fails to call a war criminal by what he is as a war criminal, and then spends full time during the course of this campaign, again, criticizing the Democratic Party. Whoa, yes, queen. Yes, tear him up, Kamala Harris, VP-elect, tear him up. She mentions uh, refusing to call someone a war criminal, and she is now on the ticket with Joe Biden, who voted for the Iraq war. It doesn't get any more fucking comical than that. It doesn't. It just doesn't. She talks about how Tulsi spent four years uh, criticizing President Obama. 
Because he was also a war criminal. Like, of course. <laughs> he was giving us Romney care. When President Obama was in office, he was expanding uh, two wars to seven. He gave us a fascist healthcare system, the Affordable Care Act. Of course, of fucking course, you should spend four years complaining about that, criticizing a presidency that, that does so much harm, a drone strike program that killed mostly civilians. Wh what? So this this is Kamala Harris being a fucking team player. She's sitting right at home place. She's going to hit that little bunt right there and see if she's going to take that little base. And, and now she's got it. Now she's got it because someone... Uh, someone let her have it. Joe Biden gave her that base. Uh, she's a blank check. She's a team player. She's a DNC insider. This is Tulsi Gabbard just trying to say, I want to put power back in the hands of the people. And Kamala Harris goes off about, uh, she's she's referring to this Assad bullshit where they kept saying that um, that Tulsi was a friend of Assad. And all, like, just really like dumb shit. Dumb, lowbrow shit. This is why people in the South <laughs> don't like uh, these Democrats. They're fucking smug. In response to someone saying, I want to put hand the, the power back in the hands of the people, she starts fucking bitching about, uh, you know, talking shit about Obama. And, like, <laughs> this is why people here in the South don't vote for Democrats. Because they're smug, overwhelmingly. They're smug assholes. I'll go ahead and play Tulsi's response because she just absolutely fucking shredded everybody on the stage that night, and it's hilarious. So uh, Kamala is now going to be in the White House, so this is relevant. I'm going to go ahead and play that response. Is doing is unfortunately continuing to traffic in lies and smears and innuendos because she cannot challenge the substance of the argument that I'm making, the leadership and the change that I'm seeking to bring in our foreign policy, which only makes me guess that she will, as president, continue the status quo. Continue. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Continue the status quo. Tulsi Gabbard was spot on. This is my prediction. We're going to have a continuation of the status quo. Wow. Really radical. Super radical prediction there, fellas. Uh, we're in for a, a really rough four years, maybe eight, with this presidency. Um, we, we There was no way to win in this election for working class people. We had no way out yet again. I'm very surprised that Donald Trump didn't win re-election with as many struggles. If it weren't for COVID, I, I fucking swear... He would have cruised. It would have been a landslide. Are you shitting me? It would have been a landslide if it weren't for COVID. Joe Biden hit him over the head with COVID, and that's why he won. But we all lost. Let's just be real. We all lost. This election's over, and we're going to have an extension, an extension of the Obama presidency. That's what I'm predicting. We're not going to end the wars, and we're not going to get basic things like health care or a UBI during this pandemic. A lot of people are going to go homeless. You know, we saw this back after the 2008 collapse. You know, uh, we elected a change candidate, someone who said, yes, we're going to have change. Yay. Um, and they propped up Wall Street in the years following that collapse. They propped up Wall Street. And people lost their houses. And they didn't get their fucking houses back. Uh, not a good thing. We're going to have another pro-Wall Street, pro-private industry kind of term here. Uh, life is going to continue to be hard for poor people. So if you're poor, you know, 
if you're working class that includes you know your middle class even upper middle class people you know we we're in for a rough time I will age out of the Affordable Care Act protections for uh, young people who can stay on their parents insurance I've enjoyed that for a while I I don't like the copays and I have to go see a specialist and I'm worried about what that's going to cost me because I, I don't know what the policy actually says I don't want to know my copays for seeing the doctor every time I go it's 35 bucks you know it's, it's crazy I've been to the doctor like four times recently because I'm developing health problems now um, I ignored a lot of things that I think have been wrong with me for a long time like, like a lot of us do and uh, you know I'm not doing so well anymore and it sucks that every time I go in there they ask me for 35 bucks and then they send me a bill that's that's my favorite part they send me a bill afterwards because my insurance only paid a quarter of it or a half of it whatever the fuck they wanted to pay of it they just there you go here's the rest bitch figure it out my mom's been paying into this policy for like seven years <laughs> like it's like don't do you not have enough money from us yet uh anyways my current job i work for a really small business and and i don't have health care we don't offer health care we're a two-person business um so I am going to be changing jobs when I move. Maybe I will be able to get health insurance that's somewhat decent from my next company. It's still going to be super expensive, I'm sure. My wife was paying over just over a hundred bucks for hers, and she's actually dropped that back to like a lower plan that's like sixty dollars. But uh, her plan fucking sucked. Like her prescriptions were like twenty dollars. Mine are four dollars. Hers were twenty dollars for a for so so she just doesn't get medicine like she just she just doesn't go to the doctor. It's pathetic. It's truly pathetic to you know to see my wife will be doing bad. She's like I cannot get sick right now, and she's very hesitant to go to the doctor. We've been to the hospital before for things, uh, you know, just un unimportant. The details are unimportant, but we've been to the hospital before, and. Uh, one time was a car wreck <laughs> and like we had to pay like I think one of the bills was 500 bucks and we got hit over the head with like a thousand dollars once uh, that's after insurance I think that's like after health insurance and car insurance both looked the the, the situation over because one was a car wreck uh, and like what the fuck <laughs> and you know what the hospital did too I'm just blabbering on now but uh, I want to say this because it's ridiculous. The hospital, when we when we went to check out, they said, we'll give you a discount if you pay right now. <laughs> they, said, they said that to us. They were like trying to bargain to get that money out of us so that they can just have the money. They said, well, we'll give you a discount. And we did it too because <laughs> we knew, we knew our insurance companies weren't going to do Dickie McDick for us. We're like, what they, what they have paid for so far is all they're gonna fucking pay for. Let's just be honest here. Uh, so I'll go ahead and pay this ridiculous price and it hurt us. And now we just say, never go to the doctor. <laughs> don't go to the hospital, that's for damn sure. Uh, don't do that. We had a healthcare professional tell us like the problem you're having, um, you need to go to the hospital right now. Cause we went to like a little walking clinic trying to save money. And she said, no, you need to go to the hospital right now. It turned out to be 
basically um, they couldn't they couldn't figure out what the issue was, and they said we're gonna send you to this specialist. You need to go see a specialist. And then we're like, all right, never mind, because that that visit just them looking at you costs so much. Just being there in the hospital costs so much fucking money. All right, I'm done blabbering now. Uh, buckle in, folks. We're in for a rough last couple of months with um, with Trump. Uh, and then we're in for another rough few years when all the liberals are going to go back to sleep and working class fighters are going to continue the exact same fight we were fighting back in 2015. So buckle in, friends. Tennessee Governor Billy. Hey, Billy, I come here, son. Let me talk to you for a minute. Southern progression.